1: Live to tape.
2: Welcome to Millennials, Season Three, Episode Forty Two. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. and I'm Matt. Laura was supposed to be on. We were going to have a very exciting four-person show. But then this morning, we get this message from her out of the blue. She's just like, guys, I can't make it tonight. I'm okay, but I've got something I need to take care of. <laughs> and Elisa's like, oh, gosh, oh, no, well, I, hope, I hope you're okay. And I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck does she have to take care of? Is she going to go kill somebody? Is this is like a season finale or something?
0: Yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking she's like Dexter, and she like killed someone on the wrong day of the week, and now the body's decomposing and it's getting real stinky. I I I don't know. I have something to take care of. Either there's only two options here, okay? Either it is that it's something legitimately private, uh, and I'll feel like an asshole after this, um, or or. She just had something social and didn't want to tell us.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, she came up with that <laughs> bullshit excuse a few weeks ago about her, like, advanced plans to go to Red Lobster.
3: I don't know. I think I, – I know this happened to my sister, so I know this is possible. But perhaps that she and her boyfriend were having sex and the condom came off but so far up her vaginal <laughs> cavity that she has to go to the doctor
2: to get it surgically removed. Well, she's got the IUD though, so maybe the IUD popped yeah, out. Yeah, but Ooh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it could or both.
2: Yeah. Or maybe she's just so sad because uh we had to turn our clocks back over the weekend. And my god, do I hate this. The world sucks yeah. again. It's 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 pitch black at like 1 p.m.
0: I know. I, I hate like it. it. I I hate it too. Daylight savings time is a fucking sham. There's no reason to have it anymore. The purpose that it had for fucking agriculture is long gone. We have lights now, and I hate that I like I, I hate I hate that it's it dark so early. The only benefit to it, and I will say this is that I woke up at like seven am on Sunday and I was yeah. like, oh, God, why am I up so early? Yeah. and you know <laughs> it yeah. I, I wasn't, but I was just
2: confused no that is, that is nice for sure and then sometimes you can kind of stick with it at least for a few weeks. We're getting yeah. up, quote unquote, earlier. Right. That's I do like getting up early.
0: Speaking of waking up, though, I had some serious nightmares about the new iPhone. Um, <laughs> just the past few days. I don't know why. I can't. I, I think it's from listening to Andrew and Laura talk about this <laughs> for fucking yeah, years. Yeah, Laura's like
3: Laura's all about it. Like she is sucking the tens cock
0: she is and and that's okay like i maybe 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 it warrants that maybe it's actually really incredible i actually know nothing about the iphone which makes my nightmares about it even stranger because I i know nothing i don't know the features i don't know how good it is or isn't i haven't read any reviews i just know the price tag and the fact <laughs> that i think they skipped a number at some point am i losing my mind no or that's right happen? there's no, no iphone did. nine
2: what were these Ugh. nightmares? What happened? Yeah,
0: In my nightmares, by the way, all of you were involved, which is oh. telling. So the nightmare really consisted. I had it twice, the same nightmare, but I had it twice, back to back. <laughs> oh. And it all involved us waiting in line for the new iPhone. And you guys got yours. Then they gave me mine, and it was already cracked. And I took it back up to the counter, like, hey, I need a different one. This one, like, you gave it to me cracked. And they were like, oh, what are you talking about? It's fine. And I was like, what do you mean it's fine? You, like, physically use your eyes. You can see that it's all cracked and broken. And they wouldn't believe me. Now I think I'm going crazy, and I'm, like, a schizo, and I have to, like, run around the whole store, which was, like, i don't know a mile long like this was the biggest apple store on the planet and i'm trying to find you guys and my family to get witnesses to come up to the counter with me and prove that the screen is already cracked uh i find andrew and laura but no one else and that's pretty much how the dream ends. We're on our way back to the counter with my broken iPhone. Wow. Trying to. Yeah. That, that, that sounds it.
2: like Apple though. Oh, it wasn't. Well, I I know. I know they didn't see that it was cracked, but like they like to make bullshit excuses. I think when something's wrong with your phone, like, oh, we're not responsible for this. Sorry. You're stuck right. with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, Laura is loving her new iPhone 10 and I am as well. I, I both of I got both of us stayed up till uh, 3 a.m. Eastern pre-ordered it, got it on release day. Face ID, this replaces touch ID. There's no more home button. There are no more bezels. It's just the whole the whole phone is now a screen. And it's really surreal to hold an entire, to hold a phone that is just filled with screen. It's pretty cool. Um, the face ID works really well. You don't really have to be pointing it directly at your face. It can kind of get you from the side. It can get you from below. It can, it, it's really impressive when it works in the dark. Like, that's just so badass to me how it can scan your face and still unlock for you. Um, what happens if, like, s- like
3: someone else wants to open your phone? Like, well, you, you still can't someone... enter a
2: passcode if you want. Okay. Yeah, but you can only use oh, okay. one face. You can't add multiple fingerprints like you can with the last – like with Touch ID. Um, it, yeah, I mean, look, it's the, – the two big features are f- – Face ID and the bigger screen, and if you have a Plus, an iPhone 7 or 6 Plus, the surreal thing about this phone is that it's a bigger screen, yet a smaller footprint. So it's really? really? Yeah, by about 0. 0.3 inches, diagonally. So it's really nice to have a smaller phone now after being on the Plus since the 6 Plus came oh, out God. two or three years ago. That's awesome. Yeah,
3: I did not know that. Yeah, actually, yeah. I don't know really anything. I'm with Elisa. I'm very <laughs> ignorant to this phone.
2: And the gimmicky new feature here is the an emojis, and maybe I'll have to post this in in these in Palace Intrigue. But uh, Laura and I have been sending us sending each other an emojis, and these are emojis animated with your face. So it's it's watching your face in the camera and controlling the emoji with your face. So you can be like the poop emoji, the unicorn emoji, and like. Oh. That's like, awesome. Yeah, yeah it's gimmicky it's like kind of pointless but they're so fun when you actually use them
0: no i don't i think that sounds awesome are you kidding me i've lived my whole life wanting to be the poop emoji <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know how when you send messages you're it'll suggest emojis to you and they're yeah. actually lined up in the order of most used the poop has been the most used emoji on my list uh-huh. for years I think that's I think that's really cool now but here's I still can't get over though they them skipping a number. why do they skip a number?
2: I'm glad you asked this, Elisa, it's hard to believe, but it's been ten years since the original iPhone came out, so this is the tenth anniversary iPhone.
0: oh boy,
2: yeah, it still doesn't really make sense, but it was just bad timing, like yeah. they just didn't line it up right. Yeah, they should have moved a little bit faster, but um, yeah, so that's why it'll be interesting to see next year if they do an iPhone 9 and then a then an iPhone XI for 11, like you know, <laughs> X Plus, what will XS? it be? XS? Yeah, XS. XS Plus? I don't know, Triple X? After the horrible ch- church shooting in uh, Texas, which we'll talk about in a moment, I recorded myself as the poop emoji, and I said... I I pretended to be God in the poop emoji, and I said, Laura, I'm in deep shit. uh, My church is supposed to be a safe space for everybody, and now I can't protect them. She probably loved that. Yeah, a little dark. Maybe that's why she's not on the show today. Yeah. Before we get to the shooting, (laughs) and we have other subjects to discuss as well today, a couple tech topics Actually, a lot of tech topics. After we discuss Texas, we also have some voicemails. Um, quick update on House of Cards: Netflix is now saying that they are not going to continue the show while Spacey is involved. So, in other words, they are not filming anymore. They are either never doing season six, or they're going to somehow do season six without Kevin Spacey, but he is not going to be involved. So, seems yeah. like huh. they're stuck. I thought right they right. fired him. Effectively well, fired him.
0: Basically, I yeah. mean, they, they said yeah, they, that they're not going to do any more work with Kevin Spacey. Period.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I. It's going to be tricky. I still, obviously, Kevin Spacey's Frank Underwood is such an important part of the show. He is the show. So it's. So I don't know how they'll rate him out, but I hope they do, and they hope they continue the show because Laura brought up a good point last week. What sucks is for all the people who work on the show, now they're out of jobs. But that said, I was thinking about this the other day. Netflix obviously has a bajillion original shows. They could get these people over onto other projects. And if House of Cards doesn't continue in some capacity, I bet they slash the creator of House of Cards or the other production company managing it will get these people working somewhere else. I... I mean, I hope so,
3: but I think there's it's a little more complicated than that. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm very interested to see because the especially this last season it left it kind of up in the air on who would be the main character of the show because of Robin right. Wright's character. So, you know, I could see them, you ha- utilizing that to their advantage, but uh, it will be kind of awkward, at least in the beginning,
2: if they do. I'm going to die. Claire, I'll be in my study forever, (laughs) and I'm never coming out. Meanwhile, more people have come forward against Kevin Spacey, so he's just done. His career's over.
0: I'm really disappointed in this, too. I mean, first of all, I have to say kudos to Netflix. I mean, they... Not only did they cut ties with Spacey, but they really didn't... um, they, they really didn't take their time either It's not like they sat around and had some like a shitload of like board meetings and and you could tell that that they did it genuinely like no this is fucked up we don't want to be part of this goodbye yeah. The decision was made yeah. very very quickly relative to other decisions that are made about other actors and producers in situations like this It usually seems like they kind of. Um, they, they sort of sit on the decision for a while because you can tell that they're really trying to grapple with it and they don't want to do it. They don't want to cut ties, but they're gonna because it's the best move in terms of, you know, PR, but yeah, Netflix just did it. And I have to say, I was kind of impressed with, with that, but still very disappointed in, in Kevin Spacey. He was an actor that I thought was just like fucking incredible. And also just like very intelligent and thoughtful, Um, and this really kind of does ruin my, my vision of him.
3: For me, it's not, it's not so much a shocker in, in Hollywood, especially, this is not a secret. Like it is very well known in the entertainment industry about Kevin Spacey. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I have seen it firsthand and he is not subtle about it uh people talk about it frequently it's just basically like netflix and all the companies that hire him they know what kind of a person he is in his antics it's just now that it's becoming more out in the general public now they have to you know think about pr and everything so right but it also
2: but i think some of these people probably should have come forward sooner I think what helped was Anthony Rapp, such a large figure in Hollywood, starting a snowball, or, um, yeah, and probably in what the, caused the theater especially. And probably what caused part of people being quiet for so long is that a lot of these people were just crew members. So it'd be like, well, who'd believe me? Who'd pay attention? Who'd right. Care. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I,
3: it, 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 no one wants to be the. Yeah. No one has like the strength to be
2: the first person to come out. At least. If, and, and getting back to Elisa's, Anthony Rapp has at least. Getting back to your point, Elisa, about how quickly they took care of the situation. I also think it has to do with Harvey Weinstein, because everybody right now is talking about abusers in Hollywood. And thanks to that being uh, such an important topic right now, such a discussed topic, there was only one choice and there was only one way to do it. It was to get rid of them and quick. I agree. Because that's the thing now in Hollywood. And we'll see if it sticks. I hope it does. But the tolerance for this type of behavior has suddenly shrunk dramatically in Hollywood, and we'll see if it's just this year, or we'll see if if this continues.
0: I agree. Yeah, and but we're seeing to... it a
3: lot too—not just Kevin Spacey anymore. Now we're hearing Dustin Hoffman, um, director Brett Ratner. Uh, I'm just—I'm hoping that this doesn't become almost i don't want to say a witch hunt but you know what i'm saying i I don't want it to become a thing where now people are going to just jump on the bandwagon and lie
0: i do i don't think that's going to happen i i i am glad that it's a thing personally i think that Mm -hmm. everyone's it's the worst kept secret in the world that hollywood runs rampant with sexual misconduct but I don't think I've ever seen anything stick like this before. Every other time that a controversy like this has sprouted up from Hollywood, it's it's come and gone within a matter of days or you know a week maybe, and mm-hmm. it's always very isolated to that one actor or producer or director. This time, it seems to have swept the entire industry, and I personally am really glad for that. I I it's about damn time. And the last thing I'll say on this on this front on Kevin Spacey is that the only silver lining to this story is that it brings attention to the fact that it's not just women who are the victims of sex of unwanted sexual advances and sexual assault um, men can and are victims too, particularly the LGBTQ community. And I, I get why women are the focus because we are the ones who are targeted, you know, nine times out of 10. And so it makes sense. And I'm not, I'm not belittling that in any way. Uh, it's important that women be the face of this, Um, oftentimes but we aren't the only ones men are often on the receiving end too and if we don't recognize that um, I think that it just shames men into feeling like they can't come out with it like women have a hard time coming out with it understandably men really do because they're worried that it sort of emasculates them or that there's shame and stigma attached to being a victim as a man. And that's not right either. So I have a lot of respect for all the people who came forward here.
2: Let's talk about this shooting that occurred in Texas over the weekend. Um, This deranged white man ran into a church, a small church, and killed 26 and seriously injured everybody else who was in there. Um, The dead range in age from 18 months old to 77 years old. One of the people was the shooter's grandmother-in-law. Another was the church pastor's daughter. The pastor himself was out of town over the weekend. Uh, The shooter was a 26-year-old. He was a member of the U.S. Air Force um, in New Mexico until 2010, until he was discharged he was court-martialed in 2012 for assault on his spouse and assault on their child. He served a year in confinement, received a bad conduct discharge, and had his rank reduced. In April 2016, he bought the AR-556 rifle. It's an AR-15. And he passed a background check conducted as required for the purchase. But here's the thing that we're just learning on Monday night. Um, and this is particularly horrible. The Air Force failed to flag him as banned from buying the weapon that he used. Um, His domestic violence offense was not entered into the National Criminal Information Center database that would have stopped him from buying this gun in April 2016. They were supposed to. The Air Force was required to provide the information to the database because Kelly was convicted of domestic assault and under federal law would have been ineligible to purchase a gun legally so now there's now that a review is taking place to figure out how that happened but you know too fucking late probably just some idiot who forgot but um this is the largest mass shooting in texas mm-hmm. history and it now this statistic is particularly upsetting it now pushes the 1999 columbine shooting out of the 10 largest mass shootings in this country's history. And that's significant because Columbine used to be considered the mass shooting. That was the one. It's like holy fuck, I can't believe that happened. There's video. It was at a school. Mm-hmm. It was insane. And now that's like nothing compared to the shootings that we've experienced in the past 18 years. I and there's also a correlation here too with all of these mass shootings
3: and that's the AR-15. The AR-15 is what was used in Vegas, in Orlando, in San Bernardino, uh, Sandy Hook. These are all the same gun, and people are still
2: allowed to buy it. Sounds like the AR-15 should be banned from America.
0: There's been a lot of these lately. I feel like hasn't. It? I, I was watching CNN earlier today, and they were saying that this means that there's been two of the largest. Uh, most deadly mass shootings in American history, back to back almost within like a month of each other. Um, I don't know. I, sometimes I worry that sort of like one mass shooting leads to another because, you know, folks who might be on the edge or might be considering it, they they see a mass shooting, they see, and, and it sort of inspires them to do the same. Yeah. So it, it makes me even more reticent to feed into the, the news monster, as it were, you yeah. know, I think that sometimes I, media coverage really goes a little crazy with these. And I want to be clear they're they are in a tough spot because on one hand, if they don't cover the shooting well enough, they're going to be c- accused of being insensitive and of being desensitized and, you know, letting a really important tragic story go and, and victims deserve to, to have their story told. But on the other hand, if they cover it too much and it's just nonstop wallpaper um, headlines about the shooting, then they're accused of what I'm accusing them of, basically, which is going overboard. So I recognize that they have a really fine line to walk, but that's, mm-hmm. that, that said, I think they can walk it a little bit better. It truly is just the only thing you hear about every single minute of the day for days on end.
2: I kind of think that's a good thing because we don't want to become – oh, I'm forgetting the word right now – desensitized to these types of things happening. We need to remember yeah. that these are still big deals. It's getting – it's its being but, normalized. Right. But I do see your point, Elisa, because we also don't want to glorify the shooter or make anyone at home maybe all, who may be considering it thinking like, right. oh, I want to be on the news. I want Anderson exactly. to come to my town. And to people like Anderson's credit, he never uses the name of the shooter because he doesn't want to give them that attention. He, and he likes to focus on the victims, which is good.
0: Anderson can do no wrong. He is a perfect human.
3: I I think our our government or our uh, justice system really needs to focus on domestic domestic abuse, domestic violence a lot more carefully, or, or maybe switch things up on how they go about doing it, because it keeps coming up with all of these mass shootings that the shooter has had a history of domestic abuse and violence.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I was going to, I agree with that, Matt. I was going to say, you know, this is one of the most disturbing parts of this story for me is that, you know, just, Dozens of people are dead, so many of them children, all of them innocent. And why? Why really? And, and you have to admit that at least part or much of it is because someone was allowed to have a gun who shouldn't. Mm-hmm. That's, really, that's really the bottom line. And it, this story in particular challenges the idea that there's nothing we can do. You know, the Onion always publishes a headline anytime there's a mass shooting that says, um, "Nothing we can do to prevent this." Says the only country in the world where this happens.
3: Mm-hmm. And I, I love that.
0: I, I love that too because it's it's poignant. It's true. And this story in particular should tell us, if nothing else, that we can do something. We're not powerless here. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect example of of an american citizen who should not have access to weapons period he had a history of of abuse and statistically almost every mass shooter has had some sort of history of domestic abuse or assault and and if if you have a history if you have a rap sheet if you have a criminal record that's a that's a violent criminal record i'm not talking about stealing bubble gum from your local convenience store if you have a criminal record that's violent in nature mm-hmm. uh, and you shouldn't have access to it i feel like that is something that isn't partisan that's is just really basic common sense and it should in some weird fucked up way give us a certain amount of hope that there is something we can do about it which is to prevent folks like him from getting guns and it's just a matter of having the will to make the laws that that can accomplish that um it's we're not powerless i think that needs to be the takeaway from from this story more than anything else
3: and i guess the kind of i guess it's kind of fucked up to say but the fact that we've allowed this to go on for so long and not do anything we've accumulated enough data to see a trend and there's really no way of discussing or debating about it anymore because it's it's always the same situation in some form it's always the same
2: and it's so fascinating to see Trump's responses to this and that attack in New York last week he was so quick to politicize that terrorist attack in New York last week He said, oh, I have just instructed uh, the government to make my extreme vetting even extremier. He was like, he was so ready to turn the notch up on the vetting. And And then this happens, and literally nothing is going to change, just like with every other shooting. And it's like, more people died. There is a trend here of this happening previously. And you don't want to do anything because the NRA is cupping the balls of... Every Republican in Congress, and those are and their, yours. Their,
3: their voters. But his tweet response to the whole uh, thing in Texas was, "This is the time when Americans like hold hands and bring themselves up and help each other."
2: Yeah, and he's like, "We are monitoring the situation. Well, why don't, why don't you turn the notch up on uh, extreme? Why don't you create extreme gun vetting? That would that would be cool." And, you know we. I... Hear- Sorry. We hear these stats about how most people are in favor of banning assault rifles. There was supposedly a little movement on bump stocks after the Vegas shooting because the Vegas shooter used bump stocks to shoot uh, such a high number rapidly. That didn't happen. That seems to have disappeared.
0: So we got a confession from someone who wrote in and said, um, as time goes on, I'm getting more and more worried about being involved in a mass shooting. I know that this is a slightly irrational thought, but I'm having trouble shaking it. Logically, I get that the media and the 24-hour news cycle are probably making my emotions biased here, and I have more chance of dying in a mundane daily activity. But reading about the church shooting today just makes my heart sink. I'm traveling to Las Vegas for the first time this Christmas, and although I'm incredibly excited for the trip, I also have anxiety. I'm not from America, so seeing guns everywhere, knowing that there's easy access to them, is worrying. I want to go out and celebrate New Year's, have some drinks, and not have to worry about my or my boyfriend's safety. I know that we have to not let the terrorists win win by going about our lives and not living in fear, and I've always said that, and I've always believed that. However, now I'm going somewhere that I know has a very recent occurrence of senseless destruction, and I can't help. But overthink, do any of you guys have this experience? How have you not let it ruin your experiences?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, for me, definitely recently for Halloween, uh, I was um, a little concerned, a little more concerned than I thought I would be about going out where there is at least half a million people who are walking around on, a, on the Halloween parade route in West Hollywood. And, you know, there's only so much that, you know, law enforcement can do because if people plan this ahead, they, they will try to find loopholes and ways around it. But I, I don't want I, – I think my reasoning for not letting it get uh, to me is that I don't want to give them the satisfaction of having power
2: over me. Or my decisions. And so an inspirational story is what happened in New York. Uh, that terrorist attack happened and it was horrible. But that night there was a big Halloween parade in New York and it stopped nobody from coming out. New Yorkers are just, you know, they just move on. They don't let the terrorists win. And I, I that was cool to see. Um, I don't I don't let it affect me because my point of view is there's no way it's going to happen to me. And I know that's what people say when they're interviewed on the news because they were near a shooting. But um, really, statistically, there's just no way it's going to happen to you. I can see Vegas being a square, scary place because, gosh, it is the worst shooting, and you're and you're from out of out of the country, so you're not used to our gun culture. You won't. It's not like you're gonna see guns around. You're not. You. It's gonna feel like any other. Place you're used to partying at. Um, Vegas is amazing. (laughs) Honestly, though, I have thought this since that Vegas shooting. I would not be on the Strip this year for New Year's Eve. They shut down the Las Vegas Strip so everybody can go out on it to watch the fireworks be shot off of half of the hotels on the Strip. And it's really cool. It's really fun. I've done it a few times, but I would not be comfortable being in a mass of people on the Strip in view of thousands of hotel rooms high above me not this year i mean that's a a perfectly logical
3: feeling and opinion to have so I, just so just watch the fireworks on tv from the,
1: the
3: but I, I, but it's not so much that you know because it happened in vegas you should be very careful in vegas from now on if this shooting showed any indication of anything this was just a church in a very small town very small town conservative and it 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 happened there it can happen literally anywhere so really you if it's going to happen to you you will won't really have any way of predicting it's going to happen
0: I would also say, you know, if it makes you mentally feel better, something that I do when I'm out in public is I look around at exits. Um, if I'm in a movie theater or some sort of like concert hall, I try and sit near the exits. Um, and I try to make sure like, I know like what my escape route is as something happens. And even if I'm out in public, like a mall or whatever, I think I pause just periodically, not obsessively, but, you know, occasionally I will pause and think, all right, if something goes down, what's my plan? And weirdly enough, I get why that doesn't work for everybody. For some people, that's just going to hype you up even more and make you super paranoid. For me, though, it gives me peace of mind knowing that I'm being vigilant and that I'm thinking about it because then in the very, very off chance something happens i i have a plan that puts my mind at ease so maybe try that
2: we have 25 people listening live on patreon right now thanks to everybody who's streaming live over at patreon.com slash millennial roshni is chiming in uh noting that massachusetts actually a couple days ago became the first state to ban bump stocks after the las vegas massacre so Good job Massachusetts. Now if just the whole country could catch up to you, that'd be pretty cool. Little progress. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I don't want to um don't want to take away from the shooting in Texas. That's something that I'm sure we'll probably talk about again in the future as more we learn more information um about the victims in particular, but I wanted to switch gears a little bit because I found a story earlier this week that um kind of kind of exemplifies everything we've been discussing on the Russia investigation front um, two really big popular conservative Twitter accounts were just outed this week as being Russian trolls Jenna Abrams that's Jenna underscore abrams boasted nearly seventy thousand followers and she was featured her tweets were featured in numerous articles throughout the 2016 presidential election. We're talking big outlets, guys. Shit like USA Today, The Washington Post, the BBC, and Yahoo. Her tweets were featured in all of those outlets. She got a lot of traction. There's a lot of examples of conservative and liberal commentators retweeting her. Uh, Turns out she wasn't real jenna abrams was one of more than 2750 fake twitter accounts created by employees at the internet research agency now the internet research agency is a quote troll farm funded by the russian government they're based in saint petersburg russia and direct funding from the russian government and their entire job is to create fake social media accounts and try to influence other countries' politics. Jenna Abrams is just one of thousands of examples of this happening right here in the United States. Um, In addition to her account, there are a few other very popular conservative personalities who were outed as being non-existent, including Laura Bailey, South Lone Star, and 10 GOP. All of them had tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of followers and all of them were featured in major news articles um, and they have since been deactivated on Twitter Twitter has took them down a couple months ago but it should be noted that Jenna Abrams for example her account started out not being super active um, just tweeting some things occasionally and as she grew a f- uh, a more and more followers she became more and more active Some of the things that she said that gained a lot of traction and got her featured in real news uh, outlets were things like this. From May 6th, she tweeted, You come into my country and you ask me to change our traditions because it offends you? Hashtag refugees not welcome. Um, A little bit later, she tweeted, To all the people who hate the Confederate flag, did you know that the flag in the war wasn't really about slavery? It was all about money. Uh, those are some examples from a fake troll Russian Twitter account. Here's what blows my mind about this: not that these things exist; it's not these Twitter accounts exist that blow my mind. It is how fucking good they are <laughs> at choosing which topics to get people riled up about. These the Russians were playing us like a fiddle. Mm-hmm. The Confederate, the Confederate flag, the whole refugee mm. issue. And in every case, when you look at these troll Twitter accounts, in every case, and you look through their tweets, they are always targeting our worst fears. They are playing upon and manipulating our sense of division and our fears and and our desire to feel safe and unified. They play against that. So like the Confederate flag is a great example. Um, And trying to rewrite history saying that it wasn't about slavery. It was all about money by the way um, a, a columnist had a very good response to to this fake Jenna Abrams on that account and he said well it's much easier to say the civil war was all about money when your ancestors weren't the cu- weren't the currency Ugh. um and, and but, but this is and, and that tweet by the way got 59,000 retweets 139,000 likes i mean this is big shit and they yeah. know exactly what divides us? And, and that's right. what they go for. That worth is
2: Worth noting, crazy. this occurred on both sides. But they, were, they were targeting Democrats and Republicans. They weren't just trying to uh, target Republicans who would share this stuff. Um, they were just trying to create confusion right. in the election. Um, this article also notes that Michael Flynn hins- himself, former Trump National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn, he followed these two accounts. And by the way, I'll tell you why these two, in part, were successful. The two fake women, their profile pictures, they're hot. Guys yeah. follow these accounts. It's just like Tommy L- Lauren. She's, she's real, a real uh, supposed conservative, but she's a real human being with these views. She's hot as hell. All these Republican guys want to fuck her. And they share her stuff because they're like, wow, this hot girl is saying what I'm saying. From my couch, as I watch Fox News every day, so I will bet big money that these accounts also exploded because these are supposedly hot girls speaking directly to their viewpoints. So they, so you're encouraged to share them more. You don't want to. You're not as encouraged to share Twitter eggs.
0: Right. Sure. So in every case, whether it's from the whether it's from their picture or whether it's from whether it's from the actual content in every case they're playing to our most base emotions yeah (laughs) and it has nothing and and, yeah yeah sex and fear and i really can't think of two things that have been around longer than sex and fear i mean they're so ingrained in the human psyche um that it makes complete sense why it works so well frankly but andrew's right this is important this, is not, this should not be taken as more fuel to, you know, hate Donald Trump and down, down, down with, with, you know, Republicans and yada, yada, because they played us too. They played liberals too. A lot of the accounts were also um, liberal commentators, fake liberal commentators that didn't actually exist. And they tried to confuse liberals. They tried to divide liberals. Part of their ploy was it was in getting the Hillary and Bernie supporters to hate each other. So they also played against us too. We've got to start thinking of Russia as not like this, Russia and and their their attempted influence on our politics can't be seen as just more fuel to the fire, as just more reason to hate Republicans. It can't make us feel self-righteous, like, oh, I told you so. That's not, that that can't be the narrative. We've got to approach this as Americans, not as partisans. We have to approach it as they're attacking our country, not our party. And because they're playing all of us, every single one, even if you are liberal, especially if you're liberal in some ways, because the liberals are the ones who tend not to think that it affects them. They tend to think that, oh, well, I'm smarter than this. I didn't fall for those fucking Russian trolls. Well, maybe you did. How do you know? Thousands of... Thousands of them were out there trying to rile up the Bernie versus Hillary supporters and get them to hate each other. And now look at us. They fucking hate each other. So maybe they <laughs> yeah. did get you. And we, we, we have to start treating this as like the real threat to democracy that it is not a threat to our ideology.
3: Yeah, we really did make it all too easy for them too.
2: All right, let's move on to a lighter topic. Pizza. Papa John's reported disappointing (laughs) quarterly earnings. And in their conference call with investors, they blamed the NFL. And this caused an uproar on the internet um, (laughs) and with football fans and with pizza fans in general, really. Um, uh, CEO John Schnatter, Papa John himself said that the NFL leadership has hurt Papa John's shareholders. This should have been nipped in the bud a year and a half ago. And they are are saying Papa John's sales have tanked because the NFL viewership has tanked. If you've watched the NFL, you've known that Papa John's has a partnership with them. You see some of the football players doing the better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's ads. And apparently, their their sales, according to Papa John, were riding on how many people were watching football. And so, like I said, NFL viewership has dipped. It's not clear why. Some people like to blame Colin Kaepernick and all of that fallout there. Others will blame just changes in how we watch TV. We like to binge our TV. We like to watch Netflix now. Um, maybe... Football is becoming a generational thing. Um well, and people could probably blame of- them for their shitty pizza. Exactly. That's what pisses me off. And a lot of people online. It's like, hey Papa John's, your pizza isn't that great. In my opinion, Domino's is where it's at. They're doing innovative things. Their pizza, their handmade pan, is the best pizza to enter ever enter my mouth. They have a great app. They have all these cool ways you can order like with an Echo or with uh, maybe with Siri, with the app, you get rewards points. Like other pizza companies are just on the ball and Papa John's isn't.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, as fast as, you know, like cheap and fast pizza is concerned, I do think that Domino's is top ranking out of all the other pizza chains because it relies a lot on consumers and they they try to keep people interested not specifically in one niche such as Papa John's and people who watch football because why the, f- why the fuck do you like want to just order from Papa John's when you watch football? People also order
2: dominoes. Like they don't have the monopoly on it. Yeah. Yeah. Elisa, why do you think there's been a drop in NFL ratings? I know you watch.
0: I do. You know what? I've been actually wondering this, myself i'm not 100 percent sure i do think that there are those folks out there who are put off by uh the whole kneeling controversy uh, on both sides of that issue by the way i think sometimes people i think right now people just have fatigue about social issues and political issues and, and nfl has always been sort of an escape sports are an escape and a healthy escape from that sort of thing and so once it infiltrated a lot of people probably didn't necessarily want to um watch although i think that's a total cop-out um maybe that has something to do with it i really don't know um i also just think that people have been very disheartened with a lot of the scandals that have been happening in the nfl like there was the whole like deflate gate um there's been multiple cases mostly the patriots of of teams cheating and that really ruins that really ruins the vibe. I mean, I know a lot of Patriots fans, for example, who have been lifelong Patriots fans and then multiple instances of them cheating came out. And it's not that they hated the Patriots at that point. It's just that they stopped really being engaged and passionate about it because you know, it 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 disenchanted them. So that could be another part of it too. All of like the cheating scandals. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think there's been any this year, but there were a number of them last year. So wouldn't be surprised if that was it.
3: I just don't think the whole, you know, Colin Kaepernick kneeling on the Pledge of Allegiance is going to you know, get people's appetite for pizza to be subdued. Like, yeah,
2: I, I'm I, going to want pizza no matter what. And pop right exactly, and if you love a certain food company, you're not gonna stop eating them, so maybe Papa John, if you made better pizzas, people would continue to stick with your pizzas instead of going elsewhere i I think they were just needlessly pointing the finger, and uh Papa John's or DiGiorno, started dragging Papa John's on Twitter. It was pretty damn funny; they were pointing out how um their' st- how Papa John's's uh stock price was slipping. And uh they changed their Twitter bio to say "Better pizza, better sales." It's DiGiorno. <laughs> Isn't DiGiorno great? It. Have you guys I had DiGiorno? It.
0: Yes, I love yeah. DiGiorno. And fucking Papa John sucks. People aren't buying your shit because your pizza tastes like cardboard.
3: Agreed. Yeah. And also like Postmates and all these other apps now that deliver uh food for you. Now people aren't like yes. It, it, like restricted to only the those pizza chains that deliver, right? Yeah,
2: that's now a great point. I I think I think uh, that that could be a big reason because pizza used to be really the only thing that you get delivered. Maybe Chinese food as well, but now basically any place in your area will be delivered thanks to the services that Matt mentioned. Um, and and a lot of and DiGiorno is really good. I just had a take and bake pizza from a really great food store chain here. It was cheaper. It was made fresh. Like, it's just really good stuff. Oh, my
3: God. Do you guys – have you ever had Costco's pizza?
2: No, but I bet it's amazing. It's it's so fucking good.
3: (laughs) Costco has the best pizza. It's so good.
2: (laughs) Well, speaking of delivery, I wanted to mention this tech story. Amazon, you know, they they try to innovate with delivery. We all love Amazon Prime and their two-day shipping um, you know, they had that flying delivery thing. That one hasn't panned out yet. Maybe one day. Um, but they are debuting a new service later this week called Amazon Key. They announced it a couple of weeks ago. It's a new program for Prime members that lets the delivery person drop off the package inside of your home. So, to make Amazon Key possible, you have to buy this $120 internet-connected security camera called the Amazon Cloud Cam, and then you also buy a smart lock. And they have have, um, promotional deals going on right now where you can get the package for $250. And if you're signed up for this Amazon key service, what's going to be able to happen is that when the delivery guy or girl arrives, they will be able to unlock your front door this camera that's positioned at your front door will click on and you will be able to watch the person drop the package inside of your house. Now, you can all guess how this has gone over with the internet. Most people are saying, fuck this. I don't want somebody being able to get into my house. I want to get both of your opinions on it, but first I'll just say, I think this is fine because I would prefer the package be placed right inside the door And by the way, that's the other thing. The delivery person will only poke their head in and plop it right next to the door. They're not going to go into your kitchen, drop it off, make a sandwich, take a shit, and then leave. Um, (laughs) They're just briefly opening the door for a split second. I would rather have the package placed safely inside my home than having it sitting outside the door or maybe in a um, package receiving center, especially if it's something expensive
0: yeah i agree with that i just i i've, I've always <laughs> i have very mixed feelings about because i on i agree with you i've always sort of wished that there was a way to get around the theft issue on the other hand i worry that is what if this makes theft even more likely like what if like the guy i mean you're really just saying like hey stranger come on in uh, <laughs> when i'm not home even yeah. um and I get that I get that they have these fail safes for making sure that the actual delivery people don't steal, but what if they just forget to lock your door or something, and now the door is just left open for anyone to come in
2: well the, the the so you have a smart lock and it'll lock itself
0: oh okay I'm well, I'm pretty yeah. sure
2: because i've I actually have one of these smart locks, and they can just it kind of takes over the deadbolt from the inside. But yeah, I no, think it's
3: really like a case by case basis too. like it like I wouldn't want uh, I wouldn't want to have this if I had a dog that does not trust strangers going into the house when it's just them. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to risk an Amazon employee possibly getting attacked. And also, <laughs> like for me, I don't like I personally would not get this just because it just doesn't. It's 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 not something that I need in my life. But if like theft was a problem in my area, if people were known to like n- constantly not have their their shit when they say they were, then I would get this.
2: A couple of people are really depends. A couple of people listening live on Patreon are bringing up a good point, and I thought about this as well. Tora and Katie are pointing out pointing out the pets thing. What what'll happen will your will your cat or dog bolt for the door or try right. to attack the person? I think that is a very legitimate concern. However, if the delivery person is in and out really quick, you know, they may have to push the animal back a little bit. Um, but hopefully that problem won't occur 'cause what Yeah, gonna but ha- it
3: shouldn't be the employee's responsibility. I mean I feel like buying this and having this, you kind of sign off on a terms and conditions like you are responsible for making sure that this employee can drop your package that you purchased seamlessly.
2: Mm -hmm. There was a study done to see how many people would actually buy Amazon Key conducted by Recode. 60% of Americans said they would definitely not buy this product and 23% said they are uh, considering buying it but not seriously. I think it's for people who are very comfortable with their presence online, they're not scared about credit card theft stuff like that. You're just not paranoid about all these internet trends and how nothing is private anymore. I'm one of those people. I know when uh, it's rare, but when a package does come to my door and the UPS guy knocks, that's like one of the rare times that Brooklyn actually like bolts and barks loudly i i don't know if it's because of how heavy the person's hitting the door or what but um he would be somebody who would run towards the door but hopefully he wouldn't run out
3: (laughs) well i mean if you're expecting a package like you would put brooklyn in a like in an enclosed area so he wouldn't be in there but like this this thing this Amazon key is definitely not something that is geared towards like the general public like I, mm-hmm. I feel like this is geared towards a certain demographic of people yeah. that need something like this
2: Roshni listening live says anyone who's not worried about cybersecurity is insane look I've just come to accept that we're all out there there's nothing we can do to hide
3: so I, I am a little insane though that's so yeah, that true. But you Maybe... know, if you think that you have the ability to protect yourself completely, that's insane as well. Uh, yeah,
2: agreed. Moving on to AP Choice now. This is from Sarah. What are your thoughts on dating trends and the bizarre names people come up with for them? I.e. ghosting, zombieing, submarineinging? <laughs> have these happened to you or have you done them as someone else? Is there a trend that you want to name? For example, my friend thinks werewolfing should be where your significant other only shows up during the full moon. (laughs) What? Okay. This is like a reverse Remus Lupin situation. I was going to
3: say, like, if your boyfriend shows up and smells like wet dog.
2: (laughs) So I wanted to ask you guys, I think we all know what ghosting is. That's when you're talking with somebody... Over text or Facebook or Tinder, or whatever, and you just stop replying to them. Yeah, yeah. I've been guilty of this so many times because it's just—I know it's dickish, and I'm sorry. You will think less of me, but I just—it's easier for me to just ignore somebody than to explain why I'm go- why I'm going to start stop talking to them. <laughs> I don't—I don't do it to people I get serious with, but if it's like somebody I'm just like randomly talking to on Tinder or whatever, yeah, I'm gonna ghost them
0: um god that's uh, i don't i i see i think i do think i do think that how serious you are matters if you've sent like two messages to somebody and you, and you decide man i'm out i don't really think that you owe a complete stranger an explanation about what you're doing with your own time on the other hand i think that if you've like maybe i think if you've gone on a date with somebody even if it's just one date you probably should say something
3: hmm. yeah And also, I think after a few messages, you start to get, like, a feeling or a sense that they are kind of chatty. And, like, in my case, like, there have been instances where I'm like, I just don't have the energy to argue after I say I'm not interested.
2: So, guess what submarining is? This is really funny. I'm looking. This is according to Urban Dictionary. Uh submarining i, I don't submarining. know <laughs> i don't know is it
3: um is is it like uh is it like ghosting but in a in like a exponential like lowering rate like do you like uh, s- like talk less and less until you just don't talk at all i'm gonna a-
0: go ahead i'm gonna guess that it is like can you go
3: like, down on someone and then peace out? Really-
0: no i want to guess it's sort of like catfishing but maybe it's like you have all right here's my guess okay okay you have two different profiles one that's a real profile one that's not a real profile so that you can keep tabs on them uh in a stealthy way
3: how is that a submarine though
0: Your submarines <laughs> are stealth machines i don't know but
3: submarines like they go under the water like that's that's kind of what the they're known for water net. <laughs> So, is it when you? Here, I, I don't know. No,
2: so here, from this is from Urban Dictionary. When you stop seeing someone and cut off all communication, and then reappear after some time and act like nothing happened.
3: Oh, <laughs> that's what I thought. God!
2: Like coming back from the dead. That's that, what I
3: thought. Zombing
2: was. So, oh was yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. That's so funny because I've totally heard of stories like that where somebody just ignores you for a long time and then they come back and like act like nothing happened because they probably don't want to get into it and probably they just want to bang or something.
3: Oh yeah. What? I used to get all I used to get that shit all the time on Grinder. And it worked <laughs> though. Like, you know, there are some times where I'm just not feeling like that person at that time. But right. you know, at a later date? Yeah. The weather's
2: right. Yeah and then zombieing ing do you want to take a stab at this one
3: well fuck uh yeah i mean i, I mean who who knows zombie you pretend
0: to die <laughs>
3: uh,
0: to get out is of a bad date
3: is it that like you go on dates and stuff but you really don't want to you're just doing it to be nice and so you have like you show no interest in any of the things that you're doing you just act like a zombie?
2: That's good. Th- those are both good. I think we should s- make urban dictionary s- submissions and start some trends here. But this one, according to the Huffington Post, to be zombie is to have someone you care about disappear from your life altogether, only to have them bring a relationship back from the dead with an out of the blue text or interaction on social media. So Wait, I think it's it ter- the difference. Well, I think in this one, it's like jumping straight into a relationship or like d- d- dragging up old fear. Old feelings. Submarining is a little more casual, it seems.
3: That's <laughs> I feel like you tricked us. <laughs> no,
2: you know what? I didn't look at these definitions beforehand. So maybe um... I think our
3: definitions are better than urban dictionaries. We should we should submit our
2: answers. I agree. Um there's also a good one here from HuffPo called Benching. This is terrible. Benching is when you keep someone on the bench or on the sidelines. You're not that into them, but you're not ready to completely cut all ties either. They like you and you want to keep them as an option. <laughs> oh, man.
3: Plan B. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have a plan B. Is <laughs> it me? I have a bench person. Do you really? No, no
2: I would not. What? You really have what? a bench person? kind of but but wait a second you've been with i'm not the your... one
3: benching them like they are the one who's benching
2: themselves uh, t- don't dig yourself out of this i think you just admitted that you have someone on standby in case your relationship for four or five years doesn't work out that's exactly what i'm saying what <laughs> what <laughs> elisa I... help me make sense of this am i hearing this correctly I don't know. What I'm are not, we like, I'm not
3: actively like keeping this person close or anything. I just yeah. know for a fact because they have told me. No,
2: but oh. are you like,
3: interested the in that? And if you something happens, just up, uh, put me back in, coach. <laughs> oh
2: my god! <laughs> and your game with this?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't huh. know if I'm going to, but it's you know not a bad option in the back pocket. I'm just saying. Do we
2: know this person? No, none of you do. Hmm. Send me a picture. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know if uh, you should keep them on the bench.
3: Actually, I think you two might know
2: who this person
3: oh, is. Oh, Jesus Christ. Give okay. us their first name. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> now, it's not who you think, but the person's name is Kevin.
0: <laughs> I knew it! No, it's, it's not.
2: not it's, it's, it's not who you think.
0: I think it is.
2: Uh, Stack. Kevin Stack, no. Kevin Micah.
3: What? Yes, it's it's actually Micah. You didn't. Micah's that's actually his middle name. His first ah, name is Kevin.
2: I knew it. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: God damn it! All right, we have a there couple he is.
2: <laughs> voicemails here. Let's listen to the first one.
1: Hey, millennial. Um, This is Amber. I don't really know why I'm calling you. You guys just never get voicemail messages, so I figured that I would leave you one. Aww. Um, Aww, adorable. I guess one interesting thing I can talk about is that I just adopted a kitten, Mm. and I strongly encourage anybody who is able to adopt a kitten or a puppy, uh, and it's always better to adopt than to buy from a pet store and kittens are awesome so <laughs> <laughs> um and if you go through the humane society or the best Friends society often the pets are already neutered and vaccinated and microchipped so it's so incredibly easy and honestly it has done me a world of good emotionally so i I'm just going to recommend to all the listeners that you should adopt a pet if you can. And thanks for the mm-hmm. show, and have a good day. All
2: right. Thank you, Amber. Yeah, that's a great point I don't think we brought up previously, is that these pets at these shelters, they usually come ready to go. They're all up mm-hmm. to date on their shots, spayed or neutered, like Amber oh, said. Oh, man, I
3: loved, I loved it. And it was surprisingly cheap, and I got, I got a dog that I... That exceeded all expectations.
2: Um, Matt, ever since you brought up the DNA testing or whatever, I've been really thinking about getting that for Brooklyn. Yeah, I think you should. Why not? It's it's
3: fun. I mean, it's not one hundred percent accurate, but I mean, it's pretty damn cool.
2: <laughs> well, how well, percentage wise, how accurate do you think it is? Oh, I
3: say like like eighty five percent.
2: Okay. This is to figure out the okay, dog's I, I, true breed, just, by the way.
3: For I'm not, yeah.
2: Okay. I'm not yeah. It's and, it's great. You should definitely do it. Okay. And here's our next voicemail.
4: Hey guys, my name's Kristen Mahan, and I'm from Barrie, Ontario, in Canada. Um, I just read an article that I think would be perfect for a millennial discussion. Um, so the province has just made it illegal to protest outside and near abortion clinics in Ontario. So to, to save time, I'll let you guys look up all the, all the details. But I just wanted to say that I think I personally think that this idea is fantastic. Um, I think the biggest backlash this report is getting that I've been seeing online is people saying that it violates freedom of speech. But I completely disagree. I, I see it as the same as like the smoking laws we have where... Like, we're saying, we aren't saying you can't smoke, but no, you can't smoke beside a public entrance. Same applies here. You can protest, like, you, you have your beliefs, you can have them, you can, you can voice your opinions, but no, you can't do them while, you know, all these women are about to go make the hardest decisions of their lives. And um, this got me wondering if you guys have similar laws in the states, or do you think that they should or shouldn't? Uh, I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. I'm sure you'll come up with some points that I didn't even think of. And I just wanted to say you guys are amazing. I love you all. And your podcast makes the drive to work so much more enjoyable in the morning. Bye, guys.
2: Thank
3: you, Chris. What a great message.
2: Yeah. That That was a good one. I did some Googling after hearing this voicemail, and maybe it's because... Um, The recent news about Ontario has been flooding the Google search results, but I can't find any laws in America that that ban protests happening outside of abortion clinics. That said, I don't think so. I think you're an asshole if you're standing outside one of these clinics and you need to get a life. Uh, These people, as Kristen points out, are making a very, very, very hard decision walking into these buildings probably unsure as they walk in if they should actually be doing this or not and this these dicks are standing outside trying to turn them away from going in and doing it so it is horrible and i'm glad to see ontario doing this
3: yeah i think there's a difference between like having the freedom of speech and being an asshole like yeah i think you abusing the right or doing something that is abusive uh it does not like fall under the umbrella of freedom of speech
0: yeah but Elisa's
3: going to school us anyways so no
0: no to be honest with you this is you know this is a tough one at least for me Mm -hmm. because i feel like having i detest those people who do this um, and I, I, I don't even have words for how much I had to test them to be honest with you. I just feel like it's such an, it's, 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 it's so much emotional and mental manipulation toward folks who are already going through a pretty difficult time and having to make some very difficult and private choices. So I hate that. And I really, anything that, that gets them away, um, makes me happy on a personal level, but I do worry a little bit about like freedom of, of expression um, here in, in instances like this. At least in the United States, the where they draw the line here is that you're allowed to protest and say whatever heinous bullshit you want so long as you're on public grounds, but you can't actually do it where uh, the building is located or like on the premises of where like the, the clinic Mm -hmm. is located because that's considered private property. And so that's sort of where your first amendment rights begin and end. Um, And to me, I feel like that's maybe like the best, I don't know, compromise that we can come up with. I
3: think, I, I think why it's a little, like there is a gray area or it's, it's difficult to really, decide on whether it's appropriate or not is that, yes, like these people are protesting, but they are also uh, like victim shaming or pointing the finger. They are verbally attacking individuals. Yeah, we're going into these clinics.
0: I, I do think that, that 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 makes a difference. I think that I've seen some examples firsthand of groups out there who are screaming at the women walking into these clinics. And I mean, just horrible obscenities, accusing them of murder and all kinds of shit. And that I can understand why that would not necessarily be protected and why that would be considered verbal assault. <laughs> so. Uh, that I'm not down for. But if someone is just quietly standing there with a sign that says, like, you know, no abortion, whatever, uh, if they're quiet about it and they're being, you know, respectful about I, I don't know that I can. I fucking hate it. I disagree with them, but I don't know that I can in good conscience say that they don't have that right.
2: Reminds me of the God hates fags people who, who right. protest funerals like that's bullshit, right. too.
0: It is bullshit.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's to wrap up the show here. We got a couple of emails. This is from Kathleen. Hi, guys. Just wanted to send a quick note to thank you for talking about what Nestle is doing in Aaron and Aberfoyle. I was vaguely aware about it since I live in Goulet. Wow. All these interesting town names. Um, But I didn't know enough. I still don't, but I wrote an email using the link you provided and will be making sure me and my family don't buy any bottled water moving forward. I'm embarrassed that I know didn't know more about this and kind of scared. Wasn't the new Mad Max movie all about the world running out of water? Anyways, thanks so much for covering it and spreading the word. It means a lot. There you go, Elisa. You're making a difference. Kathleen wrote was, an email.
0: I was really happy to see this. this- Sometimes I go off on these tangents and I'm never sure if it makes a damn difference besides just making me feel better. So I was really stoked to see that one.
2: You could read the phone book and the way you speak so passionately about these topics is compelling. Mm -hmm. We'll try that sometime. You give it some sort of nuance, so to speak.
3: (laughs) God, fuck off.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You should be in these Papa John ads. You could sell those cardboard pizzas
0: oh christ i wouldn't though <laughs> maybe i could but i wouldn't
2: better ingredients better pizza my ass <laughs>
0: <Right>? <laughs> i would sell that um this next one's a confessional this is a i'm a bone and pig with you andrew <laughs> i just wanted elisa to know this is again this is a confessional i just wanted elisa to know that on the most recent episode of muggle cast Andrew ridiculed Micah and Eric for believing in ghosts. So now I'm wondering, does he think that Elisa's just crazy or spouting bullshit when Chickahominy comes up? Mm. So, That's a good question, Andrew.
2: So, first you- of all, I think ridicule is a bit of an exaggeration. I did think they were crazy. Uh, ridicule, I don't know. Second of all, um, I have been to Chickahominy. So I can speak to and I understand the eeriness of the establishment. Mike and Eric really didn't have any spooky scaries to share or didn't have any scary ghost stories. So I I didn't really believe them. Uh, That said, yes, I believe ghosts are bullshit. Come on.
0: What? They're in Harry
2: Potter because they're fake.
0: Oh, my God. Well, okay. Castles are in Harry Potter, too, but they're real.
2: Yeah, but that's, that's like that's that's tangible. We we have we have photos of of castles, and we can visit castles. We don't have photos of ghosts. We can't go visit a ghost.
0: That's debatable. <laughs> that's highly debatable. Matt, this do you is, believe in uh, ghosts?
3: I don't know if I want to answer this.
0: Matt,
3: sounds like you don't. No,
0: Matt. No, Matt, yes.
3: Matt, what?
0: choose <laughs> wisely.
3: I want. I want to believe.
0: Uh-huh. But...
3: Is that okay? No. No, that's it. That's
0: no, it. No. <laughs> that's not it.
3: I mean, I have issues with ghosts. Oh, I my don't know.
0: God.
3: I don't <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if I want to label what I believe in is ghosts. I do think that um, there is some freaky shit, uh-huh. but I don't know if ghost is the right word for it. Because okay, okay. Why the fuck are all ghosts like from the Victorian era or earlier? How come we don't see any like millennial ghosts or anything? <laughs>
2: Why don't we ever see any ghosts that are like on Tinder or on Facebook, like just yeah. swiping through apps? Can ghosts hold phones? Like you
3: Yeah, like you're taking a shower and then you come out and then a ghost wrote on your your fogged up mirror like what's your wifi password or something <laughs> like something a millennial would do. Like it, it just doesn't happen. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, next week's episode, we will get back to surprise bitch. And there's a confessional we've been holding, but we've uh, just run out of time again on this week's after dark. I'm going to tell Elisa and Matt about a big release that came out of my ball sack this morning, but it's not semen. It was something else. And I, I, I'm, <sighs> It could only be disgusting. <laughs> I messaged the group to give them an update. I told them about it while it was happening. And I said that there was so much coming out that I could have buttered a bagel with it. And oh Laura my says God,
0: "You did." she's
2: never eating a bagel again. So I'll explain that. And we decided we're going to kind of do like sort of a grab bag of discussion topics for this week's After Dark. Or we're going to discuss our irrational fears, um, things that are really basic that we're totally shit at. We also asked the Facebook group for help there. So that's all over at patreon.com slash millennial. This installment of After Dark will be available to $2 and up patrons this week. They are normally reserved for the $5 level. Um, A new episode of Landy should also be out this week if Laura is not arrested for murdering somebody.
0: We just want everyone, no matter what level patron, to... uh hear this disgusting fucking story about Andrew's balls <laughs> because if if I have to live with this knowledge, you all do too.
2: This is the type of honesty and these are the type of stories that people want to hear. So I'm happy to continue creating these types of uh stories having these experiences for our listeners.
3: It I mean it's it's jungle down there.
2: <laughs> you know, <sighs> I feel like he's saying something about my personal grooming and I'm not even going to go there. That used to be true a little bit. I've since taken care of business and this segues nicely into the outro song, which um, I dedicate to Laura this week. Thanks everybody for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Matt. See everybody next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.